Hey folks, this is Hampton here. I know that Dave and I tend to joke a lot about suicide and uh, make a lot of lighthearted jokes, but honestly, if you're having any sort of trouble, we would recommend that you call 1-800-273-TALK. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and they do amazing work. They they really um, will talk with you. And so we, we just hope that, you know, you have fun here at the pod, but if you're ever having truly deep suicidal thoughts that you would call 1-800-273-TALK. We love you. We want you to take care of yourself. Thank you for listening. You know just what to do when I look at you and I don't want to go. Sick, dude. Oh, oh. <laughs> Please stop putting the microphones directly down your esophagus. Up your anus and esophagus. Esophagus. Oh, it's man. one tube. I got a clogged esophagus. <laughs> Dave's a worm. You got one tube. Hell yeah. If you cut me in half, you got two Daves now. <laughs> oh, damn it. Yeah. No, those. it's good. No. <laughs> oh. I don't think the world can handle you. You're damn right, dude. Two, two Daves would be too funny. <laughs> be, people would be laughing so hard they'd die. Yeah, I hate it when I'm too funny. No, you don't. One time I was <laughs> too funny in front of a Buckingham Palace garden. He blew his fucking brains out because he laughed. They do kill themselves if they get flustered. Yeah, you idiot. You're fired. <laughs> I, that was the joke that made him laugh as I went, you fired. You fired. You know, like our president. Yeah, totally. Who's and great? He loves that kind of, you know, ribald, in your face, American <laughs> style, political, a wee bit political humor. You know what I was thinking about, and um, forgive me, but this will be a bit I do. Have mercy. In stand-up. Is it like, and I think this is actually a pretty obvious observation. It's like a thought that we've all probably had at least once, but it had never really sunk in for me until I found out that there's no White House Correspondents Dinner this year. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because Trump said he wouldn't go. Because they were upset about... The, about Michelle Wolf, and so they did this other show that was just like a panel thing on CNN, right? And uh, Jordan Temple was telling me this, uh, and I was just, you know, it was good for him. It's good like multiple comics got to do it, but I was just, he was telling me that, and I was thinking about it, and like liberals get called cucks, right? <laughs> oh, but like, oh, he's the most thin-skinned individual in the fucking world. Dude. Such a coward! It's such and, an insane coward, and it's he's a coward. <laughs> All his followers are cowards. It's really funny. Like, it just really is sinking in with me how, like, sure, I, there's a lot of things I'm afraid of, and one of them being confrontation. But, like, those people are, like, babies. You know They're what? little crying fucking baby he little bitch people. He and hired <laughs> the Roastmaster General. Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster General. To roast him. Yeah. Isn't that weird? He had the Comedy Central roast. And the thing is, he's kind of a sociopath. Like, he really can't laugh at anything, but he especially has real trouble laughing at himself. Yeah. So it's like, the funny thing is, like, he could have easily just asked for a different comic or done a different thing. Like, yeah. if he really is like, oh, I'm not going to show up, which he didn't do. Didn't he not show up last time or something? Wasn't it I just don't... Sarah Huckabee? He wasn't there. Oh, wait, yeah, he wasn't there. 
Now they're just like, let's just cancel it. In general. It's funny though. It's and like not, not even really it. so him lame. that it bugs me about because he is so historically this way. Mm-hmm. But I guess just like I don't know. I know it's probably not revelatory, but it feels like a revelation to me. Mm-hmm. It just occurred to me like. Like sure, I'm a liberal <laughs> and I am a softy. I am. Gotcha. But like, and I like truly like th- this is how liberal I am. I just said the word bitch and I feel bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, well, to be fair, you are a little bitch. Yeah, that's me working my aggressive, you know, red state blood. <laughs> yeah, it was a good character. Yeah, no, yeah. But I, I mean, I think you're making no. But what I'm my my point right? is like. I, that's how liberal I am. Even I'm more liberal than even liberals want you to be. <laughs> where I'm like any gendered insult, no one should ever say. And here's the other thing about me: I'll fucking kill you. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I, I'll kill no, you. I totally admit you're exhausting. I know it's, <laughs> all of those things together. No, you'll like, beat me up, <laughs> and you and you are also no. Sorry. What I'm saying is like I'll like those are how that's how I feel politically. And I stand by it. No, yeah, it and makes sense. You have empathy, is what that is. It's not being soft, and that's actually a sign of strength. To I agree. Give a shit about other people, you know what I mean? And it's a and it no, makes but I sense. am kind of soft. My point is like I, I literally am. I get upset easily. You know what I mean? Like I am. I just it just never really hit me. These guys that are like constantly complaining online and and saying they're the strong ones and saying they're tough, like. I'll kill them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel very... I feel so much stronger than that. I won't kill anyone. I won't hurt anyone. But I just, like, have internalized (laughs) that we're the soft ones. And then Uh, recently, like... No, I feel... Like, I don't take that kind of shit from people. And I don't also, like, get all like... (laughs) You disagree with me. And I really think that as liberals, we should stand up and be like... No, fuck you. I like, we're stronger than you. We'll fucking kill you. <laughs> That's really yeah, how I, mean, I feel. Well, all bully behavior is cowardice, right? Right. I mean, yeah. that bullies are cowards. That's And the opposite of that is somebody who does have empathy. And yes, mm-hmm. you beat yourself up, but that's actually just having empathy for yourself. Sure. Also. Yeah. Like understanding how feelings work and how, you know, things are maybe not right and you have to fix a situation and then you feel you know, emboldened to correct that situation. That's actually just being a, you know, like a functional person yeah. for the most part. And it's the people mm-hmm. who are trying to be, you know, ruin it for other people, you know, trying to outwardly harm other people for no real reason. There's usually some sort of like cowardice they're trying to, you know, bluster and back right. up, you know, by just hurting other people. It's like, I can't think of a more frail individual than Trump. Yeah. You know, he's like, he has a doctor say, say that he's basically superhuman. It's like, motherfucker, we can look at you. Like, you're like, You're obviously... <laughs> you like lurch across the room, like you're out of shape, at least. Yeah. You know, like you're not, you know, Hercules. And it's like... You're the president and you're wearing <laughs> pants you found. And he's <laughs> like, I'm not, a li- I'm not a liar, yet he'll say like, you know, windmills cause cancer. It's just like, you know, <laughs> right. he's... Everything is like a defense. It's all defense mechanism, you know? And it sucks because people look at that person and go, what a proud, strong guy. But it's like, same thing with like John Wayne. That guy was like the most complete, like blubbering like <laughs> loser. If any director ever said, hey, John, that can you do another take? It wasn't very good. He'd be like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. That's what my favorite thing about The Sopranos is like we, the, the, that we like 
they're murderers. <laughs> and then we like they are that's kind of in our culture the embodiment of being tough is Tony Soprano. Right. No, I was thinking. But if you that. watch the show, they are crybabies. They're like, "Would you say about me? Like, why does it bother you so much that someone said you eat too much spaghetti or whatever they said? You know yeah. what I mean? And I, <laughs> was that was and, that racist? And the, I think that might have been racist. And I always. <laughs> <laughs> Are we all rich? <laughs> and the weird thing is, like, I, I don't know why I always think about when, like, Piers Morgan is an example of these guys yeah. who think of, like, James Bond or John Wayne or Tony Soprano as, like, these are all masculine men. And I'm like, they are all fictional characters. I know. And James Gand- Gandolfini, no matter how tough he looks on screen, I guarantee you at one point he wanted to go to drama school. He wanted to do Shakespeare. Yeah. He wanted to do the whole fucking rigmarole. So it's like... Dude, did I tell you this? That I, I did a show. Carl Hess and I once did a show where Michael Chiklis was in the crowd. And Michael <laughs> Chiklis is one of these guys who, like, he's, like, the tough cop on The Shield. Uh, you think of him as this just like he'll break into your house and he'll kill everybody, you know? And uh, <laughs> that's, how, that's how his family thinks uh, of him, too. Yeah, that's what he is. Uh, <laughs> He's a monster. Like, he actually will kill you. Uh, and uh, Carl, as a joke about being a theater, going to theater school, mm-hmm. and we were talking the whole show, like, oh, I hope Chickless likes my jokes, you know? And, uh, <laughs> And uh, afterward, I was talking to Carl. And, uh, Don't beat me up, Chicklist. Make yeah, my jokes. Oh, I'm so like <laughs> that joke was fucking horseshit, man. <laughs> Pins you up against the wall. Listen, suck my gun like it's a dick. <laughs> Put a fucking punchline at the end of that thing and that tag. When I come back here, there better be five fucking tags. Or there's gonna be body tags. <laughs> Toe tags, toe tags on bodies. Tags or toe tags. Don't make me correct myself. Yeah, that is, wow, that's so funny. Um, yeah, so I'm just talking to Carl after the show, and Michael Chiklis walks up, looking all Chiklis, looks at Carl and goes, I went to theater school. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Michael Chiklis, famous actor. I know. Yeah, Jeez, totally. That's so hysterical. Yeah, I think about mm-hmm. that with like, yeah, Tony mm-hmm. Soprano, or sorry, James Gandolfini and Michael Chiklis. It's like, <laughs> you know, you could have done anything, really. Like, as an actor, you're kind of open to whatever. Like, yeah. He could have been like a sci-fi actor, James Gandolfini. Yeah. But at one point, people were like, you, you know body you, shape. You look good with a gun and a meatball sandwich. <laughs> yeah. I get you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. It's like the minute John Wayne put on a, like a cowboy hat, people were like, fuck. <laughs> Someone says this to James Gandolfini while he's auditioning to play Curly Sue. And he's like, oh, okay. Damn it. I thought I was going to be Curly Sue. I went out for the role of C-3PO. All of a sudden, my junk, my junk's coming out of the front card piece because I got a big, nice, fat hog. And I'm trying to do all the dialogue. Hey, Luke, hey, I'm gay and the space is on fire or whatever. <laughs> got to get out of the Death Star building. <laughs> the Death Star building. It's on fire. You got to call firefighters. Got to get... Oh, man, we got... FDNY, <laughs> you know, no, uh, thank you, no, thank you for your time. No, man, who's this guy's agent? This guy needs I'm better s- agents, I'm sick. <laughs> folks. By the way, I'm sick. 
Welcome to Suicide Buddies. I'm Dave Ross. I'm Hampton Young. Hampton Young is sick this week. Sick, buddy. He's sick, and I'm in the middle of a depressive episode. High five. (laughs) Mentally sick. Mentally. (laughs) Mentally and physically sick. This sucks. Sucks. (laughs) Sucks. 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 Life life sucks, and then you die. My, oh, my. That was from, that's from News Radio. (laughs) Oh, man. Famous show we often mention on this podcast as loving. News radio. It's a much better show than Seinfeld, and I stand by that. <laughs> yeah. You know why? Because Steven Root never had a high school girlfriend while shooting news radio. <laughs> yeah, for a lot of reasons, actually. <laughs> so Dave Foley might into, have. Look though. into Seinfeld, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I know. She folks, was 17, right? Folks, you're going to want to bring up uh, Seinfeld on YouTube. Uh, you're going to want to look up uh, Shoshana, his uh, 17 year old girlfriend that he would pick up at Look high up school Seinfeld from, like, Lizard Porsche. Girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> His 17-year-old girlfriend was in fact a snake. <laughs> All women are snakes. <laughs> I keep my wife in my toilet. Ah, uh, you're going to want to go to uh, blackinfowars.com. I'm like literally sweating right now Me too, with dude. this fever trying to do an Alex Jones impression. Well, story of your life. This is story. You're going to be 85 years old, sweating, sick, trying to do an Alex Jones impression. There is You'll no be way long I'm dead. It to 85. <laughs> you definitely will make it to 85, but no further. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the road for old hamps. Oh man, there was something else I was going to say about that tough guy thing. I liked everything you were saying about bullies in that way. I. Uh, it doesn't it. feel that way, certainly, when you're growing up. You never go, no. like, wow, that bully who's making my life shit is such a coward. <laughs> it's weird because you know. I think one one super negative of the internet is that it really helps bullies win. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the, the people, a lot of the liberals that are killing it online are the bullies of the liberals. Like, the liberals <laughs> that are like, if you do one thing wrong, you should be dead. And you're just like, we're all like, hey, wait a minute. What? <laughs> Dave, you did just say, I will kill you. Yeah, but I meant it cosmically. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll, like, I won't take oh, this okay. shit from you, is what I meant. Your honor. <laughs> I meant it in a metaphysical sense. No, I know. I really try and watch myself to not say something that would be, you know, way over the line. As far as like go kill yourself or whatever, because it's so easy. You absolutely want to. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I, first of all, I would never say go kill yourself. And I don't mean, uh, I didn't mean, yeah, I guess that's like shaky ground. I was saying I will kill you in the sense of, it, <laughs> as if I were doing stand up in yeah. that moment. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like this, the like, the, Stand-up's just different. You're up there and everyone's watching you and there's this context of like, this is kind of extreme. Yeah, like, I'll get you. Yeah. And I don't even really mean that. I mean like, if, what I mean is this. The, the, I just see people being tough online and even though I am a person who is straight up afraid of fighting, I see these people being like, fuck you and your fucking cuck PC ass bullshit. I don't give, I don't give a shit. It should be male and female bathrooms. And if you disagree with that, then you're not an American and I'll kick your ass. My point is like, (laughs) okay, kick my ass, man. Do it. That's my point. And I, Mm -hmm. I guess I'm just sick of it, dude. I'm like, I don't want to be in a fight and I will probably cry in that fight. (laughs) 
if I will. But like, but fuck you, dude. I'm not your I'm not your whipping boy. We're not your punching bag. And that's what I mean. Like, I'm yeah. not gonna kill you, but I will not I, but fuck you. I'm not gonna take this shit from you. But what uh, if <laughs> I get you on my twelve month creatine shake, <laughs> Joe Rogan experience? What's funny is that camp, Joe Rogan dude. isn't even this guy. He's not like, listen, liberals are garbage. <laughs> like he's not I have I have all kinds of problems with Joe Rogan, but like he's not you know what I mean? It's like no, come town like, fans that are. Like, uh, <laughs> here's how you do a reverse spinning back kick to anybody who gives you fucking trouble, <laughs> dude. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> anybody giving you trouble, giving you and your girl trouble, reverse spinning back kick, dude. It has twice the power of a front kick because you're whipping around and you're using that centrifugal force to break the sternum of your opponent. <laughs> Uh, you'll oh, be hell so yeah, fucking dude. strong from these creatures. I love shows. UFC. More like me FC. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say because I'm jerking off when I watch it. I'm just so mad, dude. I'm so mad at getting called weak. Oh, this is what I wanted to say. I totally agree with this. There's this weird thing in like... there. The way that we talk about manhood in America, there are all these diverging ideas that I think are so funny. And like, like, yeah, one of the things that they say is like, stand up for yourself, right? That's like a big part of being a quote man. Uh, but then another thing is like, you have to be our idea of a man or we'll make fun of you. <laughs> and I just think it's so yeah. interesting that those two things exist inside of people saying right. what manhood is. Because to me, the quote manliest thing, the st and, and what I mean when I say quote manliest is strongest, the strongest thing to do is to be you and be okay with that. Mm -hmm. That's incredibly strong Absolutely. to be surrounded by people being like, ha you're not yeah. one of us. And if, to be like, yeah, well, I'm still me and fuck you. If you think about it, that mm -hmm. is standing up for yourself. Yes. You know? But then the bad version of standing up for yourself <laughs> is like stand your ground laws where people are like, yeah. anybody who gives me trouble will die. <laughs> yes, like, exactly. That's like you're not standing up for yourself. Mm -hmm. You're trying to create an image of yourself that is this God, you know, this like hero figure. Yes. And it's just like you need to really actually just be comfortable with your own weakness and yes. whatever your limitations. That's are. very well said. Being comfortable with your own weakness and limitations. Yeah. And I honestly, that is like my goal in life to get there. I am not there yet, but I would, I really, really strive and want to be someone who's like unabashedly me. Mm -hmm. And I just, it's so funny. As much as American manhood says that it's about being strong, it's about being. Uh, one of the herd. <laughs> it is. American Manhood is my favorite Seth MacFarlane show. <laughs> Currently on Fox. <laughs> I hate it. Man. I hate American Manhood. Hate American Manhood. It ruined my life. No, I, I absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> I would say it gave you a career. Well, that Fuck. too. Whoa, mind blown. Yeah, it also gave me my current depressive episode. Would you be? Would you? I'll be kill you. Creative <laughs> if you didn't have, uh, you know, bullshit when you were growing up. Does you think that? Oh no, you who you are. Yeah, would I be creative? I would, hell yeah, dude. I would just be making, j telling jokes about like pinwheels and, and fucking green grass, man. I'd be making I, stained glass Cartwheels, dude. More like art wheels, you know what I mean? I'd probably have like a little table that I sell like jewelry in like Phoenix. I literally, you're right, dude. I would be, I would be a fucking human resources manager. I would. I would have nothing. No, for sure. I mean, all of my, I mean, I'm sure I would have like the creativity is in, in some way 
on the like nature end of nature versus nurture for me. But yeah, it's mostly situational. It's not totally. Just, yeah. When we talk mm-hmm. sometimes about with comedy, like creative also comes out in like performance, you know, where yeah. it's just like, you know, if you have that desire to perform, say at a young age, it's like, well, where's that coming from? You're like, I want attention. Dude, you know, you know what? Like, uh, I don't, I'm sure I'll get into it. I don't really feel like getting into the depression I've been dealing with lately, but I, I will say when, uh, I, I, I'll say one thing about it. I said in therapy yesterday um, <laughs> that the that stand-up is the only... When I'm... Perf- literally, while I'm performing stand-up is the only time I feel actually safe socially Whoa. because it's the only time I feel like I'm important to anybody. That's uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. Dude, wow. What the fuck, dude? I, no, dude, that's I, so like, deep. I, like, viciously didn't appreciate that. Oh, that's so um, deep, though. I mean, it's like, I don't know how to, like, that's um, very real. I mean, that's what I've been dealing with. I, like, I had a thing happen over the weekend that, like, it's weird, man. It was very minor, but it triggered me into, uh, into... This thing that I fight off constantly, which is the feeling that I have no one. And uh, and it's been just so bad. And so that's why I said that, because it's true. It's like, and so like to what you were saying about creativity, like that's, it's funny because like there are millions of reasons why I like stand-up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my favorite thing ever. But um, I, but the reason I'm doing it is that it makes me feel wanted. And maybe that's <laughs> wrong, right? You know, like if maybe it's put, wrong. If you're putting that level of emotion on it, it's maybe not healthy, you know what I mean? Because maybe. It is, it's not that. It's not the thing that defines why people love you or what, you know what I mean? Like, I sure. love you and you're my friend. And it has nothing to do how hard you crushed in front of me or anything you know, like that. But I don't know, man, because I, I think that I think that anything you like can be boiled down to hmm. dark emotional reasons. Well, so sure, like, yeah. So I don't, it doesn't bother me and I don't think it's bad. I think it would be bad if I needed to crush, mm. but I feel good after stand up whether I bomb or or kill. Really, dude, because, I let it affect me because quite heavily. Everybody, bombing hurts my feelings for sure, mm. and I, it can it can really affect me. But I feel I'm not I'm not kidding. When I walk off stage, no matter what, I almost every time go, Ugh. Nice. and it's because everybody paid attention to me for seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> it's crazy. It's uh and it is a, it's sad. It's definitely very sad. Like, oh, I'm very like, oh thank god it's good. Like, <laughs> well, I have that too. It's such a yeah, I do I do take it so hard if it's like especially when it's new stuff cuz it's all like am I still funny? Like it's more like that's maybe where I'm coming from it. Anyway, stand up is just not a healthy thing to invest a ton of emotion into. It can't be your it, main it's thing. It's a crazy <clears throat> like lawless will <laughs> like law there's there's no rhyme or reason to it it's just such a fucking anxiety attack of a career that it's like it the, be- the more you can really find happiness outside of it i and do it and do it professionally and treat it like a job then you will be happier totally but i see people online i actually every day think that i'm crazy better i'm better about that than many comedians but and that's kind of what I'm saying is like I'm I'm certainly at this current moment I'm not. It's like really uh, you know mm-hmm. very present uh that reality. 
but yeah, it's weird. It's not like an ever present, like I need this. I don't, I, um, there are other things in my life, but that's, I think like the subconscious motivation for sure. Hmm. Uh, cause I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe it is that, and it is unhealthy and I shouldn't like, you know, just shut that thought down completely because it's something worth paying attention to. But you're right. Like I actively search for other things in my life and try to like make sure I like maintain friendships and have other things that move me through life. But but when it comes down to it, at at least a minor level throughout the day, all day, I have interactions where I'm like where the entire interaction I'm saying to myself, they don't they're not trying to get you. (laughs) This isn't a cruel joke. (laughs) <laughs> they don't what you're saying matters the fact that you're here matters i say these things to myself in my head all day every mm-hmm. day well and, uh, i'm yeah. really sorry this sounds like it's a really tough oh, time for you man awful and, um, i'm sorry <laughs> Thank i have you. to go through that i'd give you a hug but i don't want to give you the butt flu oh AIDS well i've had that butt the... flu too <laughs> <laughs> thank you man i appreciate it oh man um we were talking about and i do seriously thank you no, i appreciate I, yeah, it i, I want to talk more uh uh, oh, well, before and before we get into talking about the suicide this week, there are two things we should talk about real quick. One of them is tour dates, but the first is uh, that Aristotle is not a cat. <laughs> Guys, huge news. Aristotle is not a cat. He's, in fact, a human being. He's a human being. He's a human man. He's a, our producer. He's a wonderful man. He's the only good straight man in Hollywood, He's actually. Yeah. Dave and I are monsters. He's honestly the only straight man that I consider to be alive. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's cool because it's a spectrum. <laughs> I'm safe. <laughs> being, being straight is a spectrum. Being gay no, isn't. <laughs> You're either gay or That's not. That's so funny, actually. <laughs> Trying it to toxic masculinity. You're straight until you're full gay, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, no, someone who's a fan of another podcast Aristotle produces, which I didn't know that he produced other podcasts, but okay. Not cool. Not cool. Not Not all right with me. You're cut out. You're cut like, out. They thought he was a cat because they only talk about him as the as Aristotle in the corner, I guess. <laughs> Which makes me question how much this other podcast respects you and makes me think that we're your number one podcast. Mm-hmm. We'll get you to a safe place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, oh, and yeah, tour dates. Yeah, dude. I uh, like for, I I like without even meaning to have like kind of a bunch coming up now. Oh, but awesome. the one the the big one coming up is Hampton Yunt and I are co-headlining uh, two shows at a theater on May 26th yeah. in fucking Portland, dude. The Siren Theater, guys. Uh, tickets, Hampton did all the work. Thank tickets you. Tickets are up on our website, uh, hamptonyunt.com. It's not on my website It'll go yet. up on Dave to Ross, but you're putting other dates up there. Yeah, And totally. guys, so that's May 26th, Portland, the Siren Theater. Two shows, Dave and me. What a blast. Hell yeah, dude. I'm so glad you're coming up you and should. doing that. Oh, man. yeah, man. We've never done this together. No, no. We, We're never, doing we sauce tonight. Fun. <laughs> or tomorrow. We're doing yeah, sauce. We're doing a local show called Sauce tonight. <laughs> doing Five minutes each at each other. I don't know. Uh, yeah, at each other. <laughs> hey, <laughs> sorry guys. There's only, there's only room for one straight guy. One guy. One guy yeah. doing it at the same one time. of us is gonna be dead before it's, May 26. And somehow our material just syncs up perfectly, like Pink Floyd style. We're like, oh, so anyway, my girlfriend, girlfriend, cat, my cat. 
I've dude. got depression, depression. You know, if you sync Hampton Young's album up with Dave Ross's album, it's fucking <laughs> seamless. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I also, uh, I'm going to be in Boulder on June 2nd, and then I, I have... I'm going to be in Santa Cruz and Eureka and San Francisco also in June. And Tight. that'll go on my website soon. And those dates will be up on DaveToTheRoss.com soon. Yes, and sir. you can check out those Portland dates at HamptonYacht.com. Uh, we'd love it if people came out. We know we've oh, got man, a lot totally. of listeners up there, so I hope people can make it. Oh, yeah. we're. Uh, I'm excited, man. I also haven't been to Portland in a minute, and I love Portland. I decided, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to stay there for like five days. I'm going to hunt down Fred Armisen. And, uh, Does he live there? <laughs> He doesn't live there. I assume. He, I mean, the show told me yeah, he lives there. I don't there. think they say you understand that show. Pretty, I know it's insulting Portland, which uh, I will no. not stand for. <laughs> I think it's saying that Portland is the only good place. Carrie Brown, you're dead too. That's not even her name. I don't know what her name is. <laughs> dude, did you see fucking Bikini Kill is touring? Fuck, dude, I want to see Bikini Kill so bad. All right, well, let's Not take that Carrie Brownstein was in Bikini Kill, but um, <laughs> I got to see... Did I ever tell you? I, I got to see La Tigra at The Smell. Cool. It's like, yeah, man. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> I got to see La Tigra. They opened for Bratmobile at The Smell. If you're listening and you don't know uh, these bands, these I mean, you're words. not going to know what I'm talking about. Words that people but say. Um, The Smell is like a tiny, bombed-out punk venue in downtown L.A., which is like... If you're a fan of No Age, the cover of No Age's first album is just a building with No Age written on the front, No Age Weirdo Rippers, and that's the front of the smell. And originally, like when I first moved to L.A. in 2000, the smell was an illegal venue where people would drink 40s in the alley and shit, and the toilet was smashed. It was fucked up. And and thus awesome, you know, because <laughs> punk rock. <laughs> But uh, anyway, La Tigra is Kathleen Hanna's band after Bikini Kill, or two bands after. Yeah, two bands after, but whatever. Uh, they opened for Bratmobile, and Bratmobile is a notorious lesbian punk band, a lesbian riot girl band. And I was like in the back with my friend Ted, and we were like, cool, we're going to watch Bratmobile. And they started playing, and all of these gay women took their shirts off and started moshing. And then this huge, massive lesbian lady walked up to us and just made us leave. Made you leave? We just had to leave. She's like, you got to get out of here? Yeah, so everyone in the room could be a woman. And we were like, got it. All right, wow. see ya. <laughs> and we left, and we got dinner. A real ally would have ripped his dick off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I did. No, I, I was like, got it, real totally. Ally. And that woman who kicked me out was um, Hillary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> Hillary kicked her out? Yeah, <laughs> Kicker me out. <laughs> Kicker me Clinton. <laughs> uh, okay. I need to cough a bunch and uh, let's take a break. This week we're talking about Howie Montag. And he literally was a doorman. Who's that? He was a doorman. Okay. Famous doorman, Howie Montag. We'll be back. Doesn't matter what they say. I'm coming in it. That's the new I'm loving it from McDonald's. Is I'm coming in it. Oh man, written by Bustin Timberlake. <laughs> Bustin Timberlake. 
Ba 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 ba. I'm coming. I'm coming in. in. What's up? I'm busting. Hey man, how's that? How's that soup, dude? Oh, dude, I'm coming in, it, dude. This is so good. What'd you just say? Nothing, dude. That's so good. Damn, dude. Can we? Dude, I'm straight up coming in this soup right now. I'm really, really happy about Bustin' Timberlake. I, I'm, I'm very, very, very proud of it. <laughs> I'm proud that I said Bustin' Timberlake. I'm proud that you said I'm coming in it. I'm really proud of this whole of this thing. Podcast. This whole podcast. Guys, come to Portland and see this live. <laughs> May, <20 laughs> May 26th in Portland, of all places, where they don't allow humor. <laughs> oh dude oh my god um okay this week we are talking about howie montag um how we do that (laughs) hey is suicide how we do that how we do that how we do that hey what's up i'm how we do that it's the police officer who has to apologize i'm sorry i'm leaving (laughs) sorry guys I would if Howie Mandel's name was Howie Dudat, I would watch Deal or No Deal, and I would watch uh, America's Got Talent. That was his failed show. I'm being totally serious. Was Howie Mandel before Deal or No Deal or whatever? And America's Got Talent. He did Howie, Howie Dudat. Dudat. No, he didn't. <laughs> I swear to God. Come on. I think really? it, didn't, it didn't go. Like it was a pilot that was like, okay, dude. You're you're not fucking with I'm me. I'm not fucking around. Whoa. I'm pretty positive. Howie, <laughs> I'm pretty positive. I'm not sure. It's well, not true. Because it never really got made other than like a pilot. So yeah, this, this is real. yeah. Okay, so Aristotle, do who, Aristotle, who is not a cat, uh, our wonderful producer just brought it up. How he do it? Oh, how he do it? How we do that would have been a better name. Damn it! How we do that? <laughs> how we do that? How we do, because how we do it also sounds stupid, but how we do that sounds like you're crying. <laughs> how we do that? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, guilty. How we do that is a rapper is a SoundCloud rapper. Oh, okay. So there's more. There's multiple. How we? How do you do that?s How we do that? Um, damn, five thousand followers. Okay, okay, how we do that? Dave. Uh, in seriousness, though, uh, how do you do? How do you do it? Get get back to the. To, how do you, how do you do it, uh, Mr. Kavanaugh? Um, <laughs> how we do that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how I do that. I, how I did that, how I don't do that. I was drunk. <laughs> Talk to the people I got blackout drunk with. <laughs> I, like my friend Smell and Pickle Steve. Talk to the people I was actively a huge piece of shit with throughout my life. How we do that. <laughs> oh, man. I don't do that. <laughs> Your Honor, I don't do that. I don't do that. But how we do that? He don't do that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, if there is an even an iota of you questioning how do you do that, you have to do what is morally right and give this man the electric chair. <laughs> what? <laughs> we don't know when he do that. We don't even know that he do that. So I don't want to hear the question how we do that. <laughs> anyway, thank bullet dodged Howie Mandel. <laughs> you know why he didn't do the show? It was a little dirty and didn't want to touch it. 
<laughs> I don't. That is funny, and I don't know what you're. What he you has mean. OCD. <laughs> oh, does he? Yeah, he doesn't touch anything. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he like lives in a separate house than his family. Whoa, really? Yeah, he won't even like touch his kids. <laughs> what? That's why he shaved his head. He's like also like no hair on me. Wow. Well, I think he was balding too. <laughs> well, I don't want to shame someone's mental illness, but it's like <laughs> at least can you f- take some pills to be a dad? <laughs> <laughs> that's the new billboard campaign we've got around town. Sorry, I feel for your kids, man. Take, as a, take some pills, be a dad. As a son of fathers. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, I know. I am maybe being a little cruel. Uh, you're right. No, dude, I, no, you're, you're not right. being cruel. I think maybe I was I shaming someone for having OCD, but I also am thinking of his kids. Like, <laughs> like man, I mean, when you have kids, I mean, how we do that? <laughs> <laughs> How do you even I'm, have I'm the kids? To, I'm starting to feel you know so I mean? terrible now. <laughs> you had to have sex to have the kids. Uh huh. You got to have the sex so you- to have the kids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good point. You did. Well, yeah, dude. If your OCD really, allows you to have sex, well, it's not like he goes into like convulsions. It's just really <laughs> uncomfortable for him. So he kind of works around it. You know. I'm just saying. Did he live in another house? Man, and the I'm woman really was- explaining how he does this. <laughs> Did he live in another house than her while they were having sex, is what I'm saying. Absolutely. <laughs> he would email her uh, his, his dick. His <laughs> dick. <laughs> yeah. Shit, maybe he did. Maybe he like, had to... I don't know how OCD people have, have sex. milked. It's a good Seinfeld <laughs> bit. How do OCD people how have we do sex? That? <laughs> the dick's dirty. The pussy's dirty. You're dirty. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this week, we're talking about how we do that. Um, Howie Montag, um, he is literally famous for being a doorman, and uh, Favorite I mean Avenger. that like famous people knew him. He was born in 1952, um, but his heyday was in the 1970s. He was a doorman at Hurrah, Danceteria, Studio 54, and Palladium. Cool, the like so, huge wow. dance clubs in the 70s in fucking New York City. That's interesting. Yeah, and so and he was like. The reason he was a bouncer at all those places is that he was like the bouncer who would curate your night. He got hired as a bouncer, and then pretty quickly he was like, he would decide who would come into the club. That's what a bouncer does. And sure, so there's people on the list, and he would manage the list, and then you would let hot people in, specifically hot women. Okay. But but he's very much in that Studio 54, like, I'm choosing who's hot. Yes, I've seen that exactly. movie. I mean, of course, we're way too old for that whole scene. But like, oh, I haven't seen that movie, but I'll guarantee you there is a character that played oh, yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. Because so he's not he, an imposing guy, but he is just like very critical yes. of you. <laughs> and he had, a, he had an artist's brain. He was very creative. He was like so important as a bouncer at these clubs that he had assistants that would be in front with him with wow. the list. Yeah, and there was another another guy named Mark who was like similarly popular as a bouncer, and so they would look at the crowd and they would be like, "Okay, you seem like a person who would contribute something interesting to this party." So, like, people who I have a quick question, sure, just for clarification, actually. Um, so, a bouncer and a doorman are these the same thing? I mean, like, he's not like actively he doesn't like beat anybody up Dude, or anything. They, right? A bouncer like, and a doorman are not actively the same thing. But, and, uh, like, an interesting wrinkle with this dude was mm-hmm. he actually was, 
like really accomplished at martial arts. Okay. So he did fight people. <laughs> oh my god! Okay. Yeah. Okay. So all right. He's but in, he he's was in all. Of it. But he was like a, a party right. artist guy who you wouldn't think what was good at martial arts. So mm. people would fuck with him, and then he would like beat their ass Holy basically, shit. and they would leave. <laughs> the coolest dude I've ever. No, of. Sh- he really is the coolest guy ever. Uh, yeah. And uh, as I was reading about it, I realized like. I mean, basically what would happen at these clubs over the weekend is that they would never close. The party would never stop inside this club. So he was looking for like drifters and weird artists and people, (laughs) you know, like Andy Warhol's hanging out at these clubs and he wants to meet fucking weirdos to talk to while he's on acid or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So people like that uh, and people who pay and shit like that. And so, yeah, that's what he did. Everyone knew who he was. Um, He did this into the nineties, but as a result of being such a known, uh, uh, doorman, he Hmm. then got into the creative community. Um, Hmm. and, uh, (laughs) I like, like, okay, here's, here's a story about him. Doors are just like, um, in the, (laughs) (laughs) your door is basically a big painting in your, in your house. It opens. When God closes the door, man, he opens a window, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Two Avengers, <laughs> Doorman, Window Man, the Avengers, Doorman. <laughs> window Man would be awesome if it was Team a guy House. who just would shove people's heads through a window. <laughs> he just like he gets in parking lot. He like holds <laughs> up. He has a window at all times <laughs> to shove the heads through. Like, oh, uh, sorry guys, I'm done. My window's done for the night. I got to get a new window. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done, man. That's I'm done, man. I'm done. Can you help me? No, I I'm already done. did one thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's so funny. Um, so one of, the, uh, one of the big figures at uh, Studio 54 back then was Mick Jagger. It was like Mick Jagger, Andy Warhol, Jean-Michel Basquiat. Like these are all people that would hang out at these places. They were all the same guy. And uh, that was, yeah, you never saw him in the same room. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but I, as I was reading about it, I, I found out that like the star at these clubs in the Jagger family was Bianca, Mick's wife, Bianca, who I think was a supermodel. I'm not entirely sure. Huh. Uh, everybody loved her, and Mick was kind of in that scene, the one tagging along. Hmm. So I don't know exactly what happened, hmm. but at some point, um, Howie Montag forced Mick Jagger to pay the $6 cover to get into... <laughs> uh, <laughs> to get into whichever club, I think hasn't it was even Palladium. Seen physical currency in years. Yeah, that's hysterical. Totally. And I, my guess of what happened is he was like acting king shit, and how he's like <laughs> Bianca's coming in, quit being a cunt, and he's like I'm Mick Jagger, and he was like that'll be six dollars. <laughs> this is <laughs> it'll be six dollars to be Mick Jagger today. <laughs> Oh, I don't want to go in then. <laughs> Start me up, eh? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, man. What a tool. Okay, I would, uh, I would love to constantly d- deny Mick Jagger things. Oh, God. Oh, sorry, uh, Mick Jagger. This is the last uh, soda. No! <laughs> I was supposed to get the last soda. <laughs> you can't see it, but uh, Hampton is dancing like Mick Jagger. He's uh, dancing like Jagger right now. I've and, got uh, the moves <laughs> like Jagger. <laughs> oh. <laughs> moves like Jaeger, Meister. Yeah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> I, uh, moves Fuck like Adam Irish car bomb. <laughs> um, yeah, so like by just being like a famous scene person, he started doing other things. Like he he started writing articles in magazines, like popular New York 
magazines like ID, paper, and details. And I didn't know this. Like Whoa. details is now just like Maxim, mm. um, and paper is what paper is. We all know it as like the thing with the broke the internet photo. Yeah, from that Kim Kardashian. They mostly do had. butts. They're mostly um, a yeah, butt it's magazine. like a butt. Yeah, that's why it's um, paper. It's toilet paper. Exactly. The joke but, that doing. Butthole. Butthole. Yeah, paper. it should be called shit. Shit tickets. Shit tickets. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Charmin. Charmin magazine. Uh, <laughs> well, I did. I did forget that that was what paper is basically most known for now. Yeah. Yeah, but details, it was like a, details did become like had it get your dick <laughs> totally <laughs> totally can you believe Jessica Alba is wearing this piece of plastic and <laughs> the girls won't fuck you if you're great at beer pong kill them <laughs> details all, details all, details <laughs> all women are stupid and all men are strong details uh, <laughs> uh, yeah it's garbage but back then details and paper were like New York scene yeah. magazines, happening? cool as fuck magazines. And so he wrote for details, especially a lot. And I found this blog post of someone who used to go to all these parties and uh, she dug up a poem that he wrote about being a doorman that was wow. put in details. Wow. And the poem is, excuse me, excuse me, who's in charge here? I mean, who has the guest list? I must be on it. I am personal friends with just about anybody you have ever heard of. I love this. Yeah, it's great, right? I honestly <laughs> what, like was admiring it. I, just uh, that, like, he was writing. You know, like yeah. this whole scene's on cocaine. Everyone's partying twenty four seven, totally. and you get to a typewriter. What's crazy too is like this guy went to Boston University. Whoa. You know what I mean? Like he's he, a smart guy. Yeah. He's like knows yeah. kung fu. He's you smart. think of a doorman at Studio Fifty Four is just being like, "Hello," <laughs> telling Mick Jagger to go take a hike and shit. Yeah, I mean, this guy's like, "Who are you?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. He's just like an ape, but no, he's like, uh, yeah, coolest door guy of all time, Mister T. Mr. T started as a door guy. And yeah. He started picking up chains that would get left behind at the clubs, and he just started putting them on, and that's how it started. Is that true? That's literally how it started. Wow, dude. <laughs> he just find chains and put them like on. That. That's just like the Hen- that's very similar to me to the Henry Rollins story about how he was like, uh, do you know the story of how, like why he's in Black Flag? Oh, just the audition story. But I mean, what what more? Was it an audition story? The story that I heard was that like I know he was like childhood friends of Ian McKay, uh-huh. and then. When Black Flag was in DC, like Dez like hurt his fucking throat or something, and Henry Rollins jumped on stage and started singing, and they were like, "Oh shit, (laughs) 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 we should have this guy." You're like, "Oh shit, this guy's just like Mr. T." He's pitying fools left and right <laughs> with their, their feeble necks. And at the time, didn't he work in an ice cream truck? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is I that. I fucked that that's, story up real no, no, bad. No, that's but the story. And then I think he they just made him come in one more time where they just asked him oh, officially. Sure. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. He basically, what the funny thing is, that was basically punk music was though, is like the mic would fall down all the time if anybody knew the song. Yeah. You could reasonably pick it up and just start screaming into the microphone. Right. And it, <laughs> it's all one gigantic like, this guy's great. mosh pit. Yeah. Uh, can you believe he's hitting the notes? <laughs> Ooh, G chord. <laughs> this guy's good. Um, yeah. So then he, he also became such a big figure that he ended up, being in movies because these like celebrities would hang out here. Howie, how do you do that? Yeah, <laughs> fuck. How do you get a movie? How do you? How do you get a how movie? But how he do that? 
Um, he was in that movie uh, Downtown '81 that starred literally starred Jean Michel Basquiat. He he played a DJ in Crush Groove. Cool. <laughs> yeah, Dude, he was in some movie awesome. called Cookie that I've never heard of. Yeah. And then the other thing he started doing was that he had was in Crush Groove. <laughs> yeah, cool. crazy. Um, he became a like producer and promoter of his own shows, live shows. Uh, he had a karaoke show that he ran with his DJ called Anita Sarko. And back then, apparently, karaoke wasn't a thing. Like, people knew what it was. Right. But it wasn't, you couldn't go to any bar anywhere and do it right. because there weren't these like program like machines yet. Yeah, you it was had like to. It's like a professional show. Totally. There had to be a DJ and a band there, right. and someone had to have made the tracks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that was really popular. But then he had this really popular show called No Entiendes that ended up getting so popular that it toured multiple continents. Wow. That he hosted as this fucking weirdo and he apparently like, No Entiendes was one of the first um, like publicly known places where Madonna played. Wow. He was like friends with Madonna and also the Beastie Boys. He like had a big hand in breaking Madonna and the Beastie Boys as pop culture mainstream acts are you just trying to make me jealous of this really cool dude um he sounds just like mr t um well he <laughs> committed suicide <laughs> so no i'm really waiting for the other shoe to drop on this it's like he's riding high dude yeah i mean the suicide is very sad and uh, yeah i'll get to it in a second but i do want to say real quick if you want to know more about this guy google madonna uh, everybody No Entiendes because she played her first single ever at the show No Entiendes where he's hosting and there's a video of it in 1982. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, uh, Folks, you're going to want to YouTube that. Uh, <laughs> you're going to want to bring that up on uh, YouTube. Uh, Madonna, uh, No Entiendes. Uh, everybody performance. Uh, CIA, Black Helicopters, uh, Lizard Conspiracy. <laughs> Definitely. No. Uh, you should watch it because he's, it's text. him hosting and trying to get the crowd into like into it at the beginning, and they're not. And he's interesting. He's basically like, "Okay, whatever, dude. You suck. You're like a shitty fucking crowd. All right, here's Madonna. She's incredible." And then she murders, and That's the crowd so cool. cheers. Yeah, it's the one. It's honestly, I found it in that blog post. Someone wrote about it. I watched it, and I was like, "Damn, this might be the coolest video I've ever watched." This is like the video of the coolest thing I've ever seen. Oh, you know no, what dude. I mean? Green Day at their high school. <laughs> <laughs> totally, dude. Um, I uh, Yeah, so in the 70s is when he became a doorman and, and became famous as a doorman. And he continued doing that through the 80s while he was this like New York City pop icon also. Wow, he made it through the 70s. Yeah, wow. and through the 80s, and then in 1991, he was diagnosed with AIDS. Oh, shit. Yes. The sticky icky. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Hampton, no. Woo. AIDS is very tragic. This is not okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and like... From being to AIDS and HIV now are not a death sentence, no. but they were then. Yeah. And I also more than that, then not more than that, but, but on top of that, like it was a even more homophobic world. Yeah. Uh, and so like, it, it was, was just tragic. It, I don't know. It, I, I'm not going to be able to, if you don't know the history of AIDS, I'm not going to be able to tell it to you. But oh, definitely. I would uh, recommend anybody like really look into the story of the AIDS quilt. You know, totally. Before that movie, The Normal Heart. It's um, so like sad. It's just, you know, but it's good to know. Dude, also, you know what's like was really a 
cool watch uh, as far as like gay culture in the 80s and 90s as a person who wasn't a part of it the and mask. knows a little about it is the is the um, the assassination of Johnny Versace that FX series? Oh, I haven't seen that yet. It's like you should watch it. That it's looks on great. Netflix now. It's so good. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much it was going to be about gay culture in the nineties, hmm. uh, which was cool for me to watch. But yeah, um, it was like I don't know. The world was not good to you if you had AIDS. <laughs> the world was a vampire. And so his so his reaction was very extreme. He was like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> Whoa. Um, okay. Yeah. And I okay. I want to say something before I tell you his suicide. I want to say something real quick. We got an email from someone a while ago, uh, and the the subject line of the email was, "Suicide is not DIY euthanasia." Mm. It's from a person who has a uh, chronic or terminal illness. I believe it's they have chronic illness yeah. that causes chronic pain that they don't have a terminal too. illness and what they basically said in the email was and i the reason i'm not reading it is i don't know if you want it doesn't seem like you want me to oh you can uh, yeah you can read my email on the podcast but don't use my name okay well in this uh, in this uh, spirit of brevity i'm just going to sort of summarize it um and i can read it later but um uh basically what they say is I have chronic illness and it bothers me how you talk about people who have chronic illness and kill themselves because it makes it sound like you're saying uh, suicide is DIY euthanasia and euthanasia is a medical treatment for a disease. And she is right. She's right about that. Uh, and she was saying that in the David Reimer episode particularly, it sounded like the lang to her, mm. it sounded like the language we were using was saying like it, that uh, you should kill yourself if you're in pain because we that's a way a way out or something that we think is valid. And I have been wanting to say this for a while. I don't feel that way. I really don't feel that way. I don't think anything. I think that you should stay alive. I think your life is so worth it, no matter how much pain you're in, because we all deal with pain and your chronic illness. Like, I see you. You know what I mean? I... Stay here with us. The reason that we talk about it this way isn't because I ever think it's good that these people killed themselves in a grand sense. It's because suicide is such a delicate subject that we have to manage multiple things. We have to manage, on the one hand, not letting anyone who listens to our podcast think that we endorse suicide, because we don't. We like, we need you to stay here. Never do it. That's never our message. But at the exact same time, we don't want to invalidate people's suicidal thoughts because we're trying to make people feel better and help them. And so it's tough to ride that line when we talk about things like this because we're, like, trying to at the same time say, stay here with us, but also your pain is valid. Mm -hmm. So if... In navigating those waters, we have made it seem like we think suicide makes sense for those people. I am deeply sorry. I really, really am because I don't feel that way. And I'm almost crying as I'm saying this, that I could have possibly made someone feel like I think they should die. Like, I, I, I don't feel that way. It's just very difficult because to, to have a podcast where we're talking about understanding pain 
it's just tough to talk about, and I'm just sorry. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. we're we're clumsy. Yeah, we're also dumb. I'm a big dumb, idiot. and we're not professional. Uh, Your Honor, I'm a big dumb idiot, <laughs> so I don't think I can be guilty of any crimes because I'm too dumb <laughs> to understand them. Uh, yeah, you know, I think um, I'm not really trying to tell anybody how to feel about it, and usually my kind of takeaway with all of these is just to really not put too much judgment on whatever their reasons are. I mean, exactly. I think it's like I you can't really know and uh that's the thing that's well said that's what i was trying to get to like both both stay alive please god stay alive but also we don't want to put judgment on how you feel and so that's why especially we say like we understand where you're coming from and if saying we understand where you're coming from sounds like you should do it that's not what we mean ever (laughs) I promise you. Also, uh, have you ever tried just chilling out? <laughs> <laughs> like the least helpful. I don't know. Maybe just take a chill pill. <laughs> it does sound like what uh, us talking about it all maybe triggers you, and it's a very triggering podcast. So, like, just please, like, in hearing us talk about these things, remember, try to remember that we're coming from a place of just trying to keep everybody safe in every way. And so we don't want there to be any judgment. For real. What's that? (laughs) Especially the listeners. For real. For real. For real. We really do like you guys. So that said, uh, he got AIDS and he was like, I want to die. And I think that's good. Bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, I'm trying to run a comedy podcast here. I got Dave over to my left here talking about how we whatever do that. How? I got Aristotle. He's turning into a cat over on my right. Neither I don't you, think that's good. I don't think that's good. I repeat, I don't think that's good. Yeah, but that's what that's how he reacted. And it's tough like and this is kind of what I'm talking about. It's a hard line to ride. It's hard to not to be like I understand your pain, especially if you're living in a world where, oh my God. where everyone's like, fuck you if you're gay. If you have AIDS, you're gay, so fuck you twice. <laughs> Do you remember in Straight Outta Compton when they the doctor's like telling Easy E he has AIDS, but he does it in a very like, well, you got AIDS. <laughs> well, way to go. <laughs> you blew it. <laughs> yeah. Like, no one can like talk to him. It's just like no one will visit him. It's so fucking sad. Dude, yeah, no one. People, there are all these scenes in movies I've seen where it's like, Congrats. like, have you seen Dallas Buyers Club? Um, no. Every, every, all of his friends are like, you have AIDS? Fuck you. Oh all He loses his entire friend group. Wow. Yeah. Um, so this is what he did. June 7th, he invited a bunch of people to his house for a party on June 7th, 1991. It's a, it's a birthday party. It's your birthday, <laughs> darling. <laughs> we love you very, 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 very much. That's interesting. This is and he interesting. started humming this little tune. <laughs> <laughs> that was his whole party And then we just do the whole album uh, um, <laughs> This is very interesting And then 20 people came okay. To his suicide party Holy shit Yeah Wow so a lot of people Who didn't You know Did they know It was gonna be a suicide yes. party Yes They and knew decided I think to- he invited A lot more wow. than 20 people And 20 people came And one of the people That attended the party By phone Was Madonna <laughs> <laughs> I know. Actually, he invited away less and a lot more showed up, <laughs> which is even weirder. Weird. Someone made a Facebook event. Hey, I got the flyer. <laughs> is there free beer and pizza here? Cool. I saw this on Chuckle Monkey. <laughs> That's a reference no one will understand. Maybe not even Hampton. Not even me. 
but maybe it's, if you it was told the me. open mic list in the early 2000s. Chucklemonkey.com. Oh no, I didn't get that before Alan Lebetkin. Yeah, I do remember before that. Comedy Bureau. <laughs> do you remember? Yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> when comedy got saved by Comedy Bureau. <laughs> yeah. Um, they do good work. So these people come and he throws a party. They're like. There's like dancing and drinks and food and drugs and everybody gets fucked up. And then he takes five, like in front of everybody is like, bye, whoa, whoa, takes whoa. five second all and goes to sleep. Really and then the rest of the people continue partying. It just kind of goes to, you know, like passes yeah. out into sleep. Basically, yeah. You know? But yeah, he passes out into slumber and everyone's like, shit, okay, we're partying him into the afterlife. <laughs> it's time to party. <laughs> but here's the thing. Person, yeah. Deep into the night. He fucking wakes up, and it, people are still partying. <laughs> um, the five so he's second like all, half dead. At it's that a point. lethal dose, but it didn't kill him. Right. He wakes up and he's super fucked up, right. and people are partying, and they've destroyed his house, <laughs> and and so. He wakes up and he's like, fuck you for destroying my house. Why did you destroy my house? Just like bitches oh, everybody out. high and weird. And then takes 20 second all and dies. <laughs> That's how this fucking dude died. <laughs> right? You yeah. wake up from death to be like, who moved my lamp? I know. You guys fucking suck. And then to just die. That's like a pelican amount of pills. Yeah. You can't swallow that at once. That takes several. Okay. And I'm going to do you just keep going for like it's like a minute of eating pills. <laughs> I know twenty. Every time I hear like they took a hundred aspirin, I'm like, Jesus, what did that take them? Four days? <laughs> so hard to get that pill down my throat. <laughs> it's a hard pills to swallow. You know how it's hard to get your dog to take pills? Well, it's even harder for me. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, how do you eat all those pills? Did he put them in? Just put them at the bottom of his bowl. <laughs> he has to trick himself and <laughs> mix it in with his cereal. And <laughs> um, oh, guys, I committed suicide. <laughs> oh, you got punked. Wow. Um, that Those was are... fucking insane. Yes. Um, I'm yeah. kind of surprised. That, I mean, here's the thing. It's like that. It's cool. Part of me wants to be like, that's cool, right? <laughs> it's but, a cool story. But a part least. of me also is just like, it is, I would be really, I, could, I don't think I could ever not think about how my friend killed himself in front of me. I know. Even though I'd be like, I know it's going to die, but I would just be, I mean. Well, that's the weird underlying you know, thing of this entire know. story. Like, we're, I'm listing off all these details about this dude. All we're talking about is how cool it is. Because mm -hmm. this whole story sounds so cool. But then when you, like, take a step back, like, basically, this guy just did drugs for decades <laughs> and was famous for that. For doing drugs and helping other people do drugs. Correction, by doing drugs the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so then he killed himself in this really dark, fucking disconnected way. Like, like everyone disco, in that room death. was disconnected from real life yeah. to such an extent that they watched their friend die and kept partying. That's why it's disco, dude. It's disconnected <laughs> it's, from dude, reality. It's disco. It's not disc yet. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually originally called Disno. Well, it's like I guess he couldn't. <laughs> it's like he couldn't get rid of the party culture. Yeah, it's like he got it's a party. Only way he knows how to express himself. Yeah, I guess. Or you know, I guess like it's funny. I was just talking about how I don't want to put a judgment on it, and I just mm. put a judgment on it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was like literally. Maybe it's Maybelline. It was like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, they just. I wasn't at that party. Maybe they were like. 
maybe there was all this crying and everyone is constantly totally, upset. Right? And they were like, well, but we... And maybe everyone in that room truly felt like he had no other option. I don't know. Yeah. And then he woke up and started yelling at us <laughs> that we left a bunch of chips out. And, and we were like, oh, yeah, he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Dude, he must have been like half dead. Like he's just like I know. I dude. Like, I, Second all is like, like uh, it's like a tranquilizer, right? Isn't it? I don't know what it is. Uh, I haven't done many tranks. I've only done Vicodin. <laughs> is that even a tranquilizer? Oh, it is a sleeping pill. Fuck. Okay. So we took five. five. You should have probably done more if you're. Yeah. I mean, totally. You, he's done this drug culture for so long. <laughs> maybe he hadn't. Maybe he Probably just has like a high never... endurance. Maybe you know. He's like, what should I do? Should I take a little weed? And that... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to OD. Should I take a little puff? I don't want to overdose. I just want to die. I'm gonna mix cigarettes <laughs> and weed. <laughs> yeah, watch out. I'm gonna mix vodka <laughs> with a little bit of nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> do the nutmeg challenge. <laughs> um. Yeah. Wow, dude, that's crazy. So wait, he invited Madonna and she didn't come? And she was like, oh, I have a thing, but I'll call in. I'll Skype. I'll Skype into your suicide party. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, my Lord. I mean, it was 1991. She was pretty busy. She was knee deep in vanilla ice at that point. <laughs> that's why. She's fucking vanilla ice. She was fucking vanilla ice exclusively at the time. Vanilla ice was busy rapping with turtles. <laughs> Man, um, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? With these these episodes we do, where where it's like, I don't know, episodes like this are just tough. Where the life is very interesting, mm-hmm. and it seems like they had a lot of fun, and then they go in a crazy way. It's yeah. like there's a lot of jokes to be made, and uh, and like, w- there's a lot of like interesting story to talk about, but it, then you come around to like. I mean, it's still tragic. It just always is. Like, it always would have been better I, if he had stuck around. Yeah, you know? I mean, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, doubly if he hadn't got, you know, had a debilitating disease. But it's also yeah. like, you know, you try and come to some of these stories with just understanding. And you're like, I have empathy for that. I totally, I like hearing that story because it also is very human, you know? And yeah. sometimes, like, you know, people do have these... Um, very exceptional lives that are kind of like, wow, they're, they're crushing it. They're killing it. And that's not like the takeaway of this story, but it's like, it's just interesting to always see these dimensions of people's lives and how mm-hmm. um, sometimes you can understand it and sometimes you can't understand it, but you Some also people, have to just come at it with empathy and, you know, right. understanding it that is, they're human beings. <laughs> it is very hard to outwardly show empathy for everyone. And like, it's actually not, difficult for you to do personally but it's hard to be perceived as that oh definitely because right like (laughs) everything we were just talking about because i could say like i totally empathize with this dude who wanted to kill himself and then someone else could be like are you saying i should kill myself (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) no uh no i'm not but well, like, if you do play the uh, mm-hmm. podcast backwards, that is what we do tell you. It syncs up perfectly it's, with Dark Side ten, of the yeah. Moon. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Pink Floyd's The Wall syncs up perfectly with Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Was it you that told me that, that, that it came out later that The Wall was about Roger Waters' girlfriend who dumped him? I'm going to have to go How? back on this. 
Is that you? Yeah, I might okay. have said that, but I've been thinking a lot about it recently. Oh, God, I want that to be true so bad. This, like, epic thing that everyone who ever went to college is like, he's talking about the system, man. <laughs> it just turns out he was sad but it's about like, a breakup. Also, it's also about building up a wall between you and your, your wife, and then she leaves you, and then oh. you see all the problems. Nah, walls man. can mean different things. It's just about a breakup. Dude. Sometimes walls mm-hmm. are about immigrants. <laughs> Sometimes it's about feelings, dude. Yeah. Dude, I'm going to build a wall and I'm going to make my wife pay for it. <laughs> I'm going to build an emotional wall and make my wife pay for it. Yeah, everyone's cheering. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah. Make being alone great again. <laughs> That's what you got to tell the therapist, dude. I'm going to make being alone great again. I'm buying um, a new system, PS4. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing my new system, man. <laughs> uh, well, dude, I really enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for bringing it in. Thank you, man. Yeah, that was good. I hope uh, listening, you got something out of it. You maybe feel a little less alone, a little less sadder or whatever less scared suicidal less horny less suicidal less horny <laughs> i don't want to make you feel a li- anything a little less full <laughs> a little less content uh <laughs> a little less conversation <laughs> and uh guys uh check out you know patreon episodes that we're putting up uh lots of fun bonus content up there oh dude you know who kills himself who predator <laughs> in what movie oh uh wrist cutter <laughs> <laughs> Um, the wrist cutter. Yeah. We're uh, predator does kill himself. Yeah, let's okay, do a let's bonus do episode about predator. Cool. Yeah, we're we have two bonus episodes with both of us for the five dollar patrons each week. It's patreon.com slash suicide buddies. We're gonna record that right now. The episode will be about the suicide and predator. And um, yeah, I don't know. Just thank you guys for listening. Yeah, Glad you're alive, listening. guys. Uh, check out tour dates. Uh, I'll be in Seattle May 24th and 25th, and then Dave and I together in Portland May 26th. But feel free to check out road dates. That yeah, we're I'll put the stuff up. on my website, Dave to the Ross dot com. Yeah, it's always uh, great to by see the end of live. today. Yeah, and yeah, we want to. We'd love to see you come out. So. All right, dude. Let's do the fucking predator. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so fun for yeah, this. dude. It's gonna be fun. Uh, thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Suicide Buddies. Remember. These suicide jokes that we tell, we do it because we are dark people that joke around about our own pain, and we hope that that'll help you and make you laugh. It's not because we think people committing suicide is funny or that we take suicide lightly. So if you're dealing with suicidal thoughts, please, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline right away. The number is 1-800-273-TALK. They're always there. They will hear you, and they know what you've been through. So call if you need it or reach out to people in your life or whoever. There are resources. Feel better. Stay here with us on Earth. Glad you're alive. And thanks again for listening. Podcast Network.